All right. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday, July 6th edition of the MAOB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined by Mr. Big Marcel here on uh, Tuesday evening here, guys, to preview UFC 264. Man, I can't wait to talk about this car with you, Marcel. It's going to be awesome, man. How's everything with you, man? Yeah, man. Like I said, uh, busy day, kind of weird day here in the Netherlands. Some uh, weird stuff has happened uh, on the news. But um, first of all, I want to thank you, man, because you've um, been so so good to me, man, with, with the times lately because uh, I, I had some things I had to do. So uh, from, from, from next week on, Monday and Tuesday, we are back on our normal time, 4 p.m. it is, right? 4 p.m. Eastern time. So then we're back at, at that time. So my apologies for that, guys. But uh, I hope all is well with you as well, Adam. Oh, you too, man. What was there a game today or what? Was there a yeah. soccer? Who played? Big game, man. Uh Italy against Spain, semi-final. Who won Italy? Italy on penalty shootouts. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I honestly I I've had a hard time just paying attention to it. Just there's so much going on right now in my own personal life. It's just crazy. Yeah, so there's a lot going on right now. Anyways, we got a really good card this weekend, guys. UFC two sixty four. I'm excited to talk about this card with you, Marcel. I really am. Um We'll just start. Let's get right into it, guys. I mean, there's no point in wasting time. We have 13 fights to talk about. Let's just start with the prelims, and hopefully, more people will join in during like the main card when we get the bigger names. But let's start with the prelims here, Marcel. First fight in the card, middleweight bout between Alan Amadovsky and Hu Yaozong. And right now, the odds for this one pretty close, but Amadovsky minus 135, plus 115 for Yaozong. What do you think of this one? It's such a weird fight on this card, right? Um, it's that it's also the first two fights are four fighters who haven't won yet in the UFC, by the way. Um, but I think the second fight is more high value than this one. Um, I mean, Alan Amadovsky, yeah, we saw him in the UFC. He came actually with some hype, you know, he was undefeated when he came in the UFC. He came from Bellator, uh, got defeated by Jotko, pretty much got dominated, if I remember correctly. And the second fight wasn't even a fight, it was one punch and it was over against John Phillips. So, um, Yao Zhang, I wonder how Yao Zhang is going to look at middleweight, man, because he fought at heavyweight before, light heavyweight, and now he's at middleweight against Amadovsky. Hasn't looked great in the UFC, got stopped by uh, Cyril Asker, and uh, he got uh, UD by Coulter, Rashad Coulter. Um, man, <sighs> such, such a weird fight to pick here because I, I really don't trust either of these guys, you know? Um, uh, I, I, I'm, I think Amadovsky can knock him out, one punch knock him out. But for some reason, I think Yao Zhang, I think Yao Zhang is going to do it, man. I think he's winning this fight. I got him KO in the first round. And if this is not going to be a KO for either one, this is going to be a very sloppy fight, I think. Alex Bahunin. Hey, what's up, man? How's it going? Glad man. to have you here, man. You know what, Marcel? I'm actually with you on this one. I, I like Yao Zhang a little bit more. I mean, this is a weird fight. This fight, this fight doesn't belong in this card. It really doesn't. Like, <laughs> I'm just confused. Why is this fight in this card? It's like biggest favorite of the year. Most people don't know who these guys are. Let's be honest with you. I mean, we know who they are, but the majority of fans are like scratching their heads wondering who these dudes are. These guys haven't been impressed at all, Marcel. Amadowski's looked terrible. In both of his fights, he's looked awful. Yao, um, Jocko destroyed him, and then John Phillips destroyed him too. Yao Zong hasn't looked much better. Seal Asper beat him. And then the last fight with Rashad Coulter gets beat. But having said that, you know, and listen, you guys know I hate betting on guys coming off these layoffs, right? And picking guys. He hasn't fought in a while. And also he was suspended for um, drug suspension from USADA. So that's why he was out for so long, just in case you were wondering. But, you know, he has been training at that Chinese, uh, Chinese PI. He's moving down in weight. He's a lot younger. He's the taller guy as well. And... You know, even though his fights weren't impressive, Marcel, he still has a lot of upside, I think, this guy. Whereas Amadovsky, I think, is already, like, he's the fighter he is. He can't get better or worse, I don't think. I don't think. Whereas I think Yao could get a little better. So this is a weird-ass fight, man. It really is. But I'm, I'm leaning towards Yao a little bit, Marcel, on this one. But I'm with you, man. I don't think it's – I think it's going to be a very sloppy fight. Um, this guy's other fights were very, very, very sloppy. Kind of entertaining. <laughs> A little bit, but sloppy as hell. That culture fight, especially. So, don't expect like an amazing fight, fight of the year here, guys. But I'm leaning towards the underdog to take it off the card. I just haven't been impressed by Anadoski. Let's be honest, neither guy has been impressive. But again, I'm looking at the upside no. here with the, with the younger guy. <laughs> Go ahead, Marcel. Any thoughts? Last thoughts? Yeah, not at all, man. I was uh, somebody told me like. Um... Uh, you, uh, who you are, song is gonna fight Alan Amadowski. I was like, one well, July 10th. Like, okay, it's like July 10th. That's that's the big pay per view cards. Like, yeah, why? 
I was like, yeah, I, that's my question. Why? You know, <laughs> super, not that I don't like these guys, but it's super weird to me. It's a weird yeah. card on this card, to be honest. So, yeah. It, okay. It's a strange placement, but again, you know, it's... It it's actually more surprising the UFC didn't put this on the pay-per-view, to be honest. <laughs> Imagine this was the kickoff, the card in the first fight. Listen, at the end of the day, it's the first fight on the card. Yeah. There's going to be, like, no fans there for the first fight anyways. That's just how it is in Vegas. All right, let's go to the next fight here. Uh, flyweight belt, Marcel. Jalgez Jumagulov against Jerome Rivera. And i got to be honest, these odds are a little surprising to me because Jalgez is the second biggest favorite in the card right now, minus 310, and Jerome Rivera plus 255. So you got a huge underdog here from Rivera. Um... What do you think of this one, man? You think he's got a chance as the underdog? I got, man, but it's probably because Zalgas has looked pretty competitive in both his losses so far in the UFC. Honestly, he could have won the fight against Paiva. I think that was very close, could have given his way. He lost to Albazi, I think, 29-28, in my opinion. Um, so I think I, li I like Zalgas. I got to be honest, man, the fight he won in finals global against Bagautinov. I think Ali Bagautinov won that fight, actually. And the Ulanbekov fight, he won majority decision. I think Tagir won that fight as well. So, you know, I got to be honest there. So he could have been on a four-fight losing streak. If you go, go to Jerome Rivera, it's actually the same thing, you know. He lost his three fights in the UFC. But the fight before the contender series against Luis Rodriguez, I have no idea how he got the win unanimous decision i had a clear i think i had a 30 27 for rodriguez to be honest with a very close mm -hmm. second or third round i'm not sure anymore um hasn't looked good in the ufc at all i think uh got stopped by tyson now got stopped by ode osborne the figueredo fight i think he came back in the later in the third round but the first two rounds were for figueredo it's um i i think zalgas is more talented man he's, he's more all-round in my opinion i think zalgas etches out a decision in this one Getting Chris's comment. Hey, Chris, what's going on, man? He says, nice to catch you guys live. Glad you're here, man. Dear Dancer, just finished work. Good time to start streaming. Glad you're here too, man. We usually do it at 4 p.m., but today Marcel had some stuff to do, so we did it at 7. Um, Gail says, Jalgas is the logical pick, but I'm going to hire me. Jerome's younger, longer, better grappler. Okay, so my thoughts on this. These, this line doesn't make sense. I don't know why Jalgas is so big, guys. Like, And this is coming from someone who likes him. I picked him his first two fights, but he did lose. I thought he might have beaten Paiva, but he did lose it at Albazi for sure. But the thing that this guy is, and I was watching his fights back in the other day, and I'm just like watching it. It's like he's just a point fighter, Marcel. Like he has no power at all. You know, he's got none at all. And because he has no power, he can't really hurt you. He has to win decisions. And mm. that's not always going to work out great because the judges don't exactly know what they're doing sometimes. So I expect a close fight in this one, honestly. Um, I think if Javis really wants to make it more clear, he's just going to shoot takedowns and, and, and grapple Rivera. But here's the thing Rivera. Okay, so, yeah, he's looked terrible. I mean, there's no doubt. He's looked terrible, right? He's 0-3 in the UFC. He's got stopped by Nam and Osborne and lost to Figueredo. But he is the younger guy in this fight, Marcel. He is a lot taller. He's six inches taller. He's got six inches of reach um, as well. Southpaw, seven years younger. He's got some advantages here, guys. He really does. So mm -hmm. I think this line is crazy. I don't understand why it's so big. What's and, the line again? It's minus 300, basically, for, for Jogos. Oh, wow. I think that's okay. way too high, personally. I think this fight's a lot closer. And I get people are, are down on Rivera because he's looked terrible in the UFC. There's no doubt about it. But again, he is a young fighter. And those are different matchups, right? Like Osborne and uh, Nam have one-punch power. Jalagos Jumagulov doesn't. And Figueredo, he almost beat in that decision. Go ahead, go ahead. The last fight was also at 145, I think, was a short notice. Battle. Yeah, it was a short notice fight up at two weight classes. So that yeah. was it's, that's probably why he's getting another fight because you look at him thinking, why is this guy getting all these fights? But it's because, again, he, he stepped up. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit torn, i got to be honest, guys, because I, I've really liked Jogos for a while here, but I just, I'm just i seeing this guy's a lot more limited than I thought he was. And again, he's a very small guy in this division. So right now, I think it's Dogger Pass, honestly. Um, obviously, I'm looking forward to seeing the weigh-in for this fight, especially, but I think it's Dogger Pass, guys. I wouldn't I wouldn't be betting Jogos. And this seems like the kind of fight where you know people that are just parlay betters are going to parlay this dude, and he's going to end up losing for them. That's what I think is going to happen. So... We'll see. I mean, but I, I wouldn't somebody, bet on that that line. Go ahead, go ahead. Somebody asking you right now, who's your pick? Who would you pick at this moment right now? Yeah, I mean, if I had to pick someone right now, I guess I would pick Rivera. I mean, but it's not like a confident pick. And I just want to get some more information throughout the week. Again, guys, it is only Tuesday. These fights take place Saturday, yes. games or Friday. We have to remember that. We do the show earlier than a lot of other people. A lot of people wait until Friday to do the show. And that's fine. And I do my other podcast you know? Friday with Duke after the weigh-in so I can see what happened. But on Tuesday right now, as we speak, Marcel, I would actually lean towards the dog in this fight. I think it's kind of like that fight 
with uh, Nikolai Negramariano a few weeks ago, where the line was just too yeah. high, and I, and I faded the big favorite. So that's what I'm thinking, guys. But you, go you know, I, I, I'm kind of like, if I have a certain view on, on something, it's very hard to put me off on that view. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I remember when we were talking about Rose against uh, Weili Zhang. Yeah. And I was I was on Zhang on the first moment. And then when we talked and when I got further, I was thinking, I was like, no, nah, man, Rose is going to win this, actually, man. Why am I so high on Zhang, actually? And I switched. I, I never switch normally. It's like maybe yeah. for, for, from the from the 50 cars, I switched three, three, two or three times. Yeah. And then I made a good switch, you know, because you can still switch, but you really have to be confident to switch and not go with your first... Uh, how do you say that with your first instinct uh, i guess and yeah that's that's how i go i go with my first instinct but sometimes if i look at something and i see it can switch i can switch you know but yeah. i have to be confident in my in my own to do that you know what i mean absolutely i agree with marcel completely like it's not like i mean you guys listen to me every week now and him too it's like we don't we rarely switch the picks we make on here but mm -hmm. there are instances where we have because weight misses just more information we get throughout the week that's what it comes down to but in general like I'm, I'm done the research, guys. I did all the tape study. Already. I, I get it done early in the week. It's just that we can learn more information from the press conferences, interviews, and also, of course, the weigh-in, which I think is so important. All right. So, yeah, I would I would actually lean towards Rivera. I just want to get some comments here from guys. Jose is here. What's going on, Jose? And Daniel says he threw five bucks in Jerome. I mean, it's not a huge bet, Daniel. It's, it's like your lunch money, but it's not like it's a massive bet. You're not going to cry if that loses or anything, but I think okay. I could win. Zach's asking about over 2.5 rounds. I'm thinking too. I'm thinking it goes the distance. What do you think? You think it would go the distance? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Because Jalvis has no power, guys. He really doesn't. He has like one knockout that I've seen. Like almost all his fights are just him grinding guys out. He's just not a powerful guy. So yeah, I'm leaning a little bit towards the decision. Again, Rivera's got that length, that reach. I'm I, by the way, I'm with you though. That Rodriguez fight. I'm still wondering why he got signed off that. It was just not an impressive fight, really. It was kind of weird. Um, he, he he clearly lost a while. I don't think he yeah. got signed. He got later. He got later signed because they needed somebody. But it's like I, I was like maybe Lara Sanko didn't read the scorecards correctly, and people went crazy to me. It's like, yeah. how do you dare say that about Lara Sanko? It's like I'm not judging anybody. It's like well, it's super weird to me that he got that. Like I think two scorecards were even 30-27. It's actually crazy, you know? Yeah. No, I know. Jose, I see your question. We got to keep it to UFC two sixty four right now, but I will answer that. Really briefly, because you're a nice guy. Um, how would you rank Tony RDA and Poirier in the lightweight code conversation? Yeah, I mean, for for me, Poirier is number one. Tony RDA probably right now, even though RDA is the champ. I, I get it; he was the champ. Poirier can wait too much time in this fight. I agree. Let's go to the next one, guys. Let's do it. Brad Tavares and Omar Yakbedov. I mean, this fight. We'll we'll see what happens in this one too. It's a, it's a it's a pretty competitive fight, I think. Brad Tavares minus one sixty, Akbedov plus one forty. What are you thinking here? That's a fucking weird ass fight. Sorry to say. Um, Brett Tavares, yeah. Brett Tavares always wins the fights. I don't expect him to win. You know what I mean? If I'm high on another guy, he always uh, gets a unanimous decision somewhere. I don't know where I don't expect it. So, um, Omari Akhmedov, uh, we saw he won against Tom Breeze in his last fight, where I think the first round wasn't good. You know, the second round was. But we also saw against Chris Wyman that he gassed heavily in the second and third round, you know, and that's something that's really uh, stuck on the back of my head. I know he had some good wins against Heinis as well, for example, in comics, but that's that's stuck on my head, on the back of my head. I know Tavares um, can go three rounds. I know he got stopped by Edmund Shabazian with that uh, head kick knockout, and he got uh, he, he lost to Adesanya with a decision of five rounds. So... For me, it's like a super close fight. Um, I I kind of have to go with Tavares here, man. For some reason, I think he he's gonna he's gonna make this a a, diff, a, a grueling fight for Akhmedov. You know, maybe Akhmedov has the advantage in the first round, but I don't see Akhmedov putting him away. And I think uh, Tavares will win the second and third round and gets that uh, that uh, Tavares 29-28 decision again. So that's that's what I think. Zach saying Tavares is some of the best takedown events he's ever seen. I agree with that too. It's it's phenomenal. I'm with you on this one, Marcel. I, I like Tavares a little bit in this fight too. Because, like you said, the takedown defense act and also the cardio, which you mentioned, Marcel. I agree 100 percent with what you just said. Tavares he for sure will win the third round. He for sure will win that third round. The first round will probably be Ekmedov. This it comes down to the second round. That's what I think. And I think Tavares wins it. Boring against his Tavares by decision plus 140. Yeah, that's not a bad show. I mean, I'm not a huge prop guy, but I do think that's probably what happens here. Tavares is not really a knockout artist, as you guys know. Akhmedov is pretty durable. It's hard to finish, obviously. So, yeah, I'm thinking that sounds like a decent play, um, Bordigan, as a prop. 
I like to vary here, Marcel, by decision. I don't want to overthink this one too much, guys. Like, that's the way I'm looking at it. I like Akhmedov uh, as a grappler, but he's facing a guy that stuffs almost every takedown against him. So it's just a bad matchup, I think, for Akhmedov. So that's why I'm going to go with Tavares. Jose is asking about Tipper and, and Hall. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, we got uh, a couple more prelims before we get to that one. So we'll go to this fight. We'll do this one quick because I actually find this – I think this is probably – you know what? This is this fight's even more – less interesting to me, guys, than Amadovsky, Yao Zong. Jennifer Mai and Jessica I just don't have much interest in this fight at all. I just think it's going to be a really boring decision that goes to three rounds, probably a split decision. Right now, the odds have um, minus 175, I plus 155. Does that seem right to you? You think Maya should be favored here? Yeah, let's go quick. Maya, unanimous decision. <laughs> Literally the quickest breakdown we've ever had in the show. But clearly, Marcel <laughs> doesn't really care about this fight. I mean, I don't necessarily either, guys. You know, listen, I get it. I've got some advantages. She is probably the more accomplished striker. But I think she's on a big decline. I'll be honest. I don't think she's looked the same in her last couple of fights. Maya at least has the grappling edge. I think if this fight goes to the ground, we saw what she did to Calderwood. So I'm leaning a little bit towards Jennifer Maya as well. I don't think the odds are reflective of this fight because I think it's a coin flip, basically, with a slight lean towards Maya. So I think the odds are a little off, personally, Marcel. Believe it or not, but I'm not betting on Jessica. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm still surprised she beat Araujo, man. And she deservedly beat Araujo that fight, man. I was, I'm still surprised by that. I was at that fight. I think she missed weight, too. So she had the size advantage yeah. in the fight. Yeah, True. yeah. That was at 245. Boring as he likes Maya. Yeah, she has looked good. And you know what? Listen, she even looked okay against Valentina. Like, most women get destroyed by Valentina, like Jessica. She got kicked in the head. That was a good, good knockout. At least Maya won the second round. Like, at least she was able to go the distance with the champ. So, yeah, she should be the favorite in this fight. I'm just – I don't have a ton of interest laying big juice on Jennifer Maya. Though. That's just me. You know, like, she's not someone that I necessarily trust. When she was – when she fought Calderwood, I think she was an underdog. So, that was a good bet. But as a favorite at this at these odds, I'm not too sure because my, I does win a lot of these type of, like, fights, like, by split decisions. So, it's just a weird one, guys. Now, I like this fight. This is an interesting one. Uh, Drickus Duplessis against Trevin Giles in the middleweight division. This is an interesting fight, Marcel. And I know that you're a, uh, a pretty decent uh, fan of this uh, Duplessis guy. And I like Trevin Giles. I like both guys. So what are you thinking here, man? The odds are literally a pick on minus 110 each. So what do you think in this one? Uh, it's super tough, man, to say. You know, it's a, it's a fun fight, I think. Uh, Dricus Duplessis, um, he, he former KSW champion, former EFC champion. Um, I think uh, the Marcus Perez fight, his debut in the UFC, in the beginning, I don't think he looked that great, but I don't know where he knocked him out, you know, with a left hook. Um, yeah, what can I say? He has a win on his record against Roberto Soldic, which... He lost to six months later as well, but that's a good win, you know. Uh, Roberto Soldic is probably one of the b better prospects in Europe right now. So um, if you look at Trevin Giles, um, the thing with Trevin Giles is his third round, man, his third round has uh, pained him so far in the UFC. Against Sakamas, against Gerald Marshall, he got finished in, that, in those rounds. Uh, that split decision against James Cross, I think James Cross won that fight, to be really honest. I think uh, Giles did well, but I didn't think he did enough. And that last fight against Dolizzo was close as well, you know. So for me, it's like, um, the thing is, I want to see Drikas Duplassus go three rounds in the UFC. I really want to see how he, how he does there. And uh, with Trevin Giles, we know his third round isn't his best normally, but I mean, he, he's a good fighter. I really like him. I had high hope for him when he came into the UFC, and I still think he has he has a very good uh, future in, in front of him. You know, uh, super close fight for me, but I gotta feel like that Drikus is gonna land a bomb again and knock him out. Probably, I'm going with the second round KO for Drikus. Yeah, Drikus. Here's something to keep in mind, guys. He's never gone the distance. Like all his fights win or lose have ended inside the distance so this dude's a finisher he's be or be killed and this is definitely a fight to target i think for like a finish because he's never been the distance just based on that fact alone giles obviously goes the distance quite often but like marcel said that third round gives him trouble i gotta be honest though, like i mean i really like drickus don't get me wrong he looked good against perez and he looked good in that first soldage fight the second one though really worried me guys i gotta be honest like Seeing him get brutally laid out like that. I was watching it last night, Marcel. It's on YouTube, I think. And just seeing him get brutally laid out like that is just really worrisome. There's only three fights to go, too. And I think it does show that he's got some defensive issues. And Giles is a really good striker. He's very good. He's much more accomplished in the UFC. 
I feel like Giles is being a little bit overlooked in this spot, Marcel. People don't really think he's a great fighter because he's had those losses, but the guy is solid. He's coming off a really good win over Delizzi. That's a better win than Duplass has ever had, I'll tell you right now. So I think it's a close fight. You can go either way. Odds reflect that, but if I have to lean towards someone, it would be Giles a little bit just because he does have the experience in the UFC. He has fought better competition, has better wins. That's why I would lean towards Giles, but very competitive you know, fight, I think, for as long as it lasts. Go ahead, go ahead. You know, Adam, I think, to be really honest, and that's no hit on Giles, but I think Soldic starts his end as well, to be really honest. You think so, so eh? I, yeah, I think Soldic is really a top-level guy. I think the UFC should be looking into signing him. Yeah, and, you know, they uh, should. They should. A, I, agree I know he's KSW, but, I mean, you can try. Why not? Yeah, I mean, and you, you know got, what? You got, uh, Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, you got Gamrod as well, so why not? <laughs> I just want to get this comment because it's right. Born Again says the, the fight was at 170. Yeah, it was. He's at 185 now, so you're right. No, you're right, Born Again. That's definitely um, worth mentioning. I like this guy. He's a good fighter, guys. Like He's he's well-rounded, too. He has a good ground game. Um, he's able to get your back, get submissions and stuff. He's got knockout power. I'm just saying, like, he hasn't been tested, guys. He really hasn't, and that worries me. Remember that guy, J.P. Bays? He was never tested. Yeah. Goes in there and fights Bruno Southern, gets destroyed. This guy's also from South Africa. He's been fighting in the EFC promotion. That promotion, I'm sorry, but it's not a great promotion, Marcel. And he did lose to that guy, Gareth McClellan, by submission. That's also worrisome. Like, Giles, you know, is, is not a slu- not complete slouch offensively. I mean, defensively, we know he's got issues with the guillotines, but <laughs> offensively, he's okay. Any more thoughts on this fight before we move on? Uh, it's a fun fight, guys. Ch- definitely check it out. It's the first fight on the on the on the normal prelims. So uh, yeah, check it out for sure. I see Zach's comment. He says Giles is gonna be too fast. Yeah, I mean, I could see that being the case too. It kind of seemed like against the Leeds A too, right? Cole says he's turning in late, but sorry, Marcel, it's coming home. Ooh, there you go. No, it's it, you say that wrong, man. It's coming Rome. It's coming to Rome. <laughs> there we That's go. Fun. All right, let's go to this this fight. This is the one that Jose was asking about, and this is a great fight. Ilya Topuri against Ryan Hall, the wizard. And right now we got Topuri at minus 220. Uh, excuse me. That was the wrong odds. Uh, right now we have Topuri at minus 230, plus 194 at Ryan Hall. So, yeah, I mean, Topuri is the favorite here. But, Mar- Marcel, we know Ryan Hall with that ground game super dangerous. What do you think of this one, man? I honestly think there's going to be uh, Ilya Topuri's coming out party in the U.S. That's what I think. I think Ryan Hall doesn't fight enough too often. He is almost always injured you know i feel bad for the guy because i think he's a, he's a good fighter you know he's a phenomenal a phenomenal grappler bjj is is amazing you know the stand up looked better in this last fight but i still don't think that it's top level you know you remember that gray Maynard fight where he tried to uh to kick him in uh, in the face from with his hand on the ground and let's say a gray man was super annoyed by that um yeah, I like Ryan Hall, but man, Ilya Tupuria, I told you, man, when Tupuria signed with UFC, this is one of their better signings in 2020 when they signed him. And uh, he has delivered so far with a win against Zalal, where he was kind of gassed in the, in the last round because he said he, he was sick or something. I don't know exactly. And uh, the Damon Jackson, he knocked him out in the first round. He looked very good in that fight. But I saw in the regional scene as well, man. I saw him fight, fighting in Cage Warriors, where he fought uh, Brian Boulon, uh, a Belgian guy. And... Uh, he subbed him, and, and within tw- two minutes, he was supposed to get the belt, but he overrated in, uh, in, uh, with, with the weigh-ins, and um, he didn't get the belt. But he's good, man. He, I'm really high on this guy. I think he knocks Ryan Hall out. K- uh, KO, first round. Wow, there you go. Wow, that's a big call there. So Marcel's taking Ryan Hall to get knocked out in this fight, guys. And let me double-check. I don't think he's – has he been knocked out? Let me double-check. I, I know that obviously I don't think lost, so. No, he lost, the, obviously, the Saul Rogers on the show, and then – one other decision. Okay, so this fight's interesting. I mean, there's no doubt about it. This is an interesting fight. I really like Topuria, guys. I think he is phenomenal. I think this kid is the real deal. I think he's a future contender at 145. He's phenomenal. He looked amazing against Damon Jackson. What I love to see is when guys throw those body shots. That was amazing to watch, the way he was throwing them out. Yeah. So he he hurt him bad. And then obviously against Zalal, we showed, we showed a well-winded game in that fight, and he won as an underdog. Now we know he's good. He's a big favorite here. It's just tough because Ryan Hall is so dangerous. I mean, he's got one of the best heel hooks we've ever seen. We saw it do it to BJ Penn, obviously. And and we know that the guy, he's able to get the fights to the ground often, even when his opponents don't want him to get there. It's like Paul Craig almost in a way. Like, he gets the fight to the ground somehow. It's weird, right? And even on the feet against Darren Elkins, his last fight looked way improved. But that was two years ago, guys. That was two years ago. That was a long time ago. He hasn't fought since then. A lot of injuries. 36 years old now. 
you know, Tapuri is a lot younger in this fight. Tapuri has got the advantage, um, you know, as far as the, the, the age, but you know, Hall does have some other advantages. He's got the height, got the reach, southpaw as well. So it's an interesting fight. I'm leaning towards Tapuri. He's the younger guy. He's the more well-rounded guy, I think, but I'm actually kind of with Zach in that Hall does have upset potential here, Marcel, because he does have those submissions. So it's kind of like Paul Craig. He's obviously not the greatest fighter, but his submission game is deadly. So he wins against guys that are better than he's better than, or they're better than him, I think. You know, Alex thinks that Hall is overrated. Yeah, I, I think he's a little overrated. He's barely fought in the UFC. Go ahead. The funny thing is that I really got the narrative if I look online that people are like, Ryan Hall is absolutely going to win this. And there is some kind of a mystique thing about him with people like, nobody wants to fight Ryan Hall. And I talked to some of the guys in that division, and I like, we never got offered Ryan Hall. So I don't know what he's talking about. So, you know, I mean, the thing is, he's just injured many times, you know, and I hope for him that that he can uh, keep that, injuries be, that being injured behind him because he, he's fun to watch. I think he, he's, a, he's a great addition to the featherweight division. And like you said, he's 36, man. Let's hope he stays healthy and all and that we see him more often. That's what worries me, though, guys. Like, the, you know, the difference between 34 and 36 then makes a big difference, especially at 145. So I'm, I'm worried about that. Kevin Scott says any reader to previous BGD defense. I think it's good, but I mean, again, you know, you face Ryan, yeah, but if you face Ryan Hall, it's just a different type of, of submission defense you have to put on. So, yeah, it's I mean, an interesting fight. It's, it's what, the best what? guy, yeah. uh, best jiu-jitsu guy he ever fought, probably. So, you know, yeah, it's and, and like Alex say. said, before he was flatlining, he was a submission artist. His ground game is excellent, but he yeah. does have good striking too. So, he's just this. Here's the thing, guys. You got to realize, like. The sport is evolving, and, and the younger fighters now are way more well-rounded than they used to be. Like, they're so well-rounded. They're good everywhere. So, you know, whereas guys in the past, and they still do come from specific backgrounds, you're starting to see now that these guys are coming from complete MMA backgrounds. And this guy, Kapuria, you guys saw his fights. He looked amazing. So I got to go with them. I'm just saying, like, my spidey senses are giving me tingles about this one, guys. <laughs> There's just something about Hall where he can get that submission. It just worries the hell out of me, especially as a guy – who did bet on Jamal Hill a few weeks ago, and the same thing happened where he, I think he was still the better striker, the better fighter, and gets against submitted anyway. So happens. Watching Tampa Hall fight isn't good for him. Illy is more comfortable on the ground. He is. Go ahead. I mean, how many times you saw, like, maybe six, seven years ago, triangle chokes, arm bars, yeah. um, guillotine yeah. chokes, like, maybe like five or six every event, you know? And right now it's maybe like one or two, you know what I mean? Maybe yeah. sometimes yeah. three, but it's like really a decrease in, like, submissions because more guys so much more well-rounded and they know how to defend these, these things. And, like, 10 years ago, if you're in a triangle choke, I remember people just tapping, you know, because because they didn't know what to do, but now they're gonna like. Uh, or do you see that? Or do you, what do you? They're gonna do differently. Yeah, I don't. Ca I can't show it, but they're gonna, gonna do different things, and they know how to uh, how to get out of these uh, the, these submission holds. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, no, you're right. These guys, are just, guys, these young guys are good. Zach saying if Tapuri wants to show off his BGJ chops, it gets sketchy. I agree with that too. And again, it reminds me of the fight again with Craig and, and Jamal Hill because. You know, Craig did pull guard, but Jamal Hill, instead of trying to get up immediately, he went to side control. He moved to side control, or sorry, to half guard, excuse me. And when he moved to half guard, Craig grabbed his arm and broke it. So that's the problem with these guys that are that good in the ground. They can just catch your limb and, and you're going to break your arm or your leg. So it's just, it's, it's, it is, it is a little bit sketchy, guys. I, I honestly don't think I can, I can, uh, back him too much in this fight to Purry, even though I really like this kid. It's just that I'm going to pick him. I just don't like the odds. I think they're too high. All right, last prelim here, Mark. Oh, sorry, there's actually two more prelims. Michelle Perea yeah. against Nico Price. Minus 155 Perea, plus 135 Price. What are you thinking this one? Yeah, it's a fun matchup, but it's also kind of a weird matchup, in my opinion. And I, I, I said it many times, but I really feel that way. Um, Nico Price, super inconsistent man he's such a fun guy to watch but super inconsistent uh always goes for finish he's never in a boring fight uh you saw against Carl donald cerrone man uh went to a draw overturned a no contest because <laughs> of uh i think because of pot use yeah. it's not the first time for nico but um yeah it happens but He's, he's fun to watch. We all know that he got knockout power. He, he can get you in a weird position like the Randy Brown and the Jane Fick uh, knockouts, you know. Yeah. If you look at Michelle Pereira, I think Michelle Pereira has two losses on his record in the UFC that shouldn't have been there, you know, the Tristan Connolly fight. 
uh, he out he, he guessed himself out in the first round, and then Tristan controlled him in the second and third. Uh, the Diego Sanchez fight, yeah, kind of baloney to me. But uh, you know, the illegal knee, Diego was looking for a way out of it. It happens, you know, but I don't really see it as a loss. Uh, he, he won against Zalim Imadayev. Submission win, which should have been a submission win because Chris Toyoni saw a tap. There wasn't a tap, but he was uh, anyway going to win. He was uh, leading that in a big way, that fight. So, uh, And the Chaos Williams win was pretty close, but it was a fun fight to watch. So the thing is with, with Michel Pereira, if he contains himself, his energy, and doesn't go too crazy again in the first round, you know, he probably will win this fight, but Nico is gonna gonna pressure him probably and gonna go crazy. But that's also uh, a threat for Nico that he can, can get countered with a big strike. Oh. You know what I mean? So it's a really fun fight, but I gotta go with Pereira here, man. I think Pereira has more upside here in this fight, so I'm taking Pereira, and I expect also a finish, man. Those two will go for a finish. I think Pereira hits him with a counter strike, and he probably puts him away in the second round. Yeah, I know. I love this fight. I think this is definitely one of the better, like, more entertaining fights in the card. But I I'm just off the Nico Price bandwagon now, guys. Like, I was really on it for a long time. And I won some good money on this guy. Like, when he fought, uh, was it James Vick, I think? And also, what was the other guy? Randy Brown. I remember that fight. He was an underdog. He knocked him off the bottom, right? So this guy is he's solid. But I'm off the wagon, guys, after the last two fights. Uh, finding you a draw with Donald Cerrone is just not good. Not in 2020. That's not good. That's a bad sign. Way too competitive with Cerrone and against. Luke, I mean, he was competitive against the top of the hair, which is good, but took so much damage in that fight. I think he's taking a lot of damage. I just think he's taking a lot of damage in his fights. He's been in so many wars now. It's catching up on Nico Price. That's what I think is happening. I think he's a well-rounded guy. He's got a good ground game and a good striking game, but I just think he's taking – he's too willing to get in these wars, Marcel, and it, and it adds up. Yeah. It's not good. And we saw against Cerrone. He was barely able to squeak out guys against a guy who's – we're all talking about retirement for that dude. Listen, Prey has obviously been a little bit inconsistent at times, too. The Conley fight still makes me scratch my head. The Diego Sanchez fight was weird the way it ended, although obviously he should have won that fight if, 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 if uh, the referee didn't tell Diego who's going to get the win by DQ. Yeah, they don't, okay. they don't do that anymore. The referees don't say anything, though. But uh, the guy's solid, man. I mean, he's, he's, he's looking better, too, his last couple of fights. He's looked a lot better. And... I think beating Williams was a good win for him, especially after Williams. We had that fight with Semlesberger. We saw he was pretty good in that fight. So that's a solid win. I'm leaning towards Pereira here, Marcel. I'm with you. And uh, Daniel says by decision. I'm thinking that that sounds likely, although he could knock out Price because Price Price's chain is going, guys. It really is. I like Price. doesn't seem to have any, too many good wins. He doesn't. It's the style he gets the wins in. That's where he shines, like the Randy Brown fight, like the Tim Means fight. Like the, when he wins, it's, it's it looks good, right? But when he loses, Marcel, it's not good. So he is, he he saying, is must he is must watch TV, you know. He is. Daniel says he's 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 war torn. I agree. He's been in too many fights. All right, last prelim here. We talk about guys that taking a lot of damage. You got Carlos Condi here, guys. Um, obviously one of the greatest warriors of all time, taking on Max Griffin. And Max is a big favorite here, Marcel minus one eighty five. Not to say big, but it's a sizable favorite. Carlos Condi plus one sixty. You think Condi can pull it off, or you're thinking Griffin wins the fight? Yeah, difficult, man. The thing is, many people think that Max Griffin is actually much younger than, than mm -hmm. Carlos Conde, but it's only two years difference. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember the Max Griffin fight last time against Son Kanan, and I think uh, many people had money on Son Kanan for some reason. I was sure Max Griffin was going to win that, and he knocked him out in the first round. Before that, he literally punched Ramiz Brahimai's ear off. Um, yeah, and, and he got he got some two split decision losses on his record. The Alex Oliveira fight was super close, and the Thiago Alves fight was a straight robbery, in my opinion. So um, the thing is, you go against Carlos Condit. Carlos Condit has finally got a little streak to him, you know, with Court McGee and Matt Brown. But before that, man, he lost like five fights. And I know he lost to Demi and Maya, Michael Chiesa, a robbery lot of split decision, which, in my opinion, he won. But uh, which he would have been the champion. He definitely he won, won that fight, fight, guys, and that was one of the greatest fights of all time. But he should have won that fight. Marcel, I'm with you completely. Yeah, yeah. So he was actually should have been the champion back then. So it's crazy if you think about it. But um, yeah, man, I, I feel like Carlos Condit's days are really his top days are really behind him, you know. But Max Griffin is also a hit or miss all the time, and sometimes he looks really good, and then that other the, the next fight is like. Where's that Max Griffin from the fight before? You know what I mean? So it's a 50-50 fight to me. It can go either way. I'm I'm slightly favoring Max Griffin to win a decision here. But it, I think it will be a close fight, man. 
Yeah, no, I, I think it's going to be competitive too. I'm leaning a little bit towards Griffin just because he's been a little bit more just hotter lately. I know, I know, Cotton's coming off two straight wins, but he did lose five straight before that, guys. And I just don't trust him completely anymore. He's and he, like you said, he is getting up there in age. It's not like Max is young by any means. He's not. Max is not a young guy. Max is 35, but Carl's yeah. is 36. You know, he's getting up there in age. 37, excuse me, he's 37, like you said, Marcel. Two years different. So mm-hmm. a guy who's been in so many wars over the years, and that adds up, guys. It really does. And I just. I don't trust his, his wrestling. I don't trust it at all. I think Griffin's going to look to wrestle in this fight. I don't think he's going to want to stay in trade. I think he's going to just look to wrestle. Um, and I think he could take Carlos Condit down. Carlos Condit can't stop a takedown. Um, even Matt Brown was having success with takedowns, guys. That's not good. So to me, yeah, it's going to be Max Griffin probably using his grappling. If it does stay in the feet, though, I could see Condit kind of uh, edging up the decision here. So I think the fight's pretty competitive. I'm just saying with that path to victory in the ground, if Max elects to do that, he should have a, I think, an easy night of the off if he, if, if he just wants to go to the ground with this guy. I wouldn't say easy night. I shouldn't say that. We know Carlos Khan is dangerous, even off his back. We know that. But I'm just saying, I think it's smarter and, and an easier fight to go to the ground than stand and trade. I think you'd agree with me on that one too, Marcel. Yeah, right? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And this guy can't stop a takedown. Remember, a, a Cowboy Oliveira dominated this guy on the ground. Like These guys aren't even, they weren't even that good of guys that were dominating at some point. So let me get these comments, guys. Daniel saying it's 12 a.m. in UK, so he's struggling with words. Hey, man, I appreciate you staying up all night. Um, Zach was saying for the last fight, price by fluke KO Pereira. Yeah, it seems, it seems like we're all on the same page for that one, guys. Zach saying it's Connie Griffin fight the night potential. I think it does too. And he says Connie, he thinks Connie's going to win this fight. It's definitely possible. I mean, it's stays standing. He's got the, got the striking. So Con- Griffin's looked dangerous. I'll add him here. Connie hasn't looked terrible. Griffin should be a tougher fighter. And he thinks it's going to be a kickboxing fight. Yeah, that's like the Court McGee fight where I really like Carlos Condon in that fight. I just think Max can can make it like a dirty, gritty fight. But again, if he stays, if he wants to stand and trade because he got the knockout in his last fight and he's fallen in love with his power now, that could be a bad night for him. You know what's crazy, Marcel? I was at Carlos Condon's fight with GSP in Montreal. That was nine years ago. Can you believe that, man? It was that long ago. I can't believe how long ago it was. I remember going to that car, man. It's insane. I drove to Montreal with my dad, walked the car, drove right home. It was awesome. That was like the early days, man. You know, that was 10 years ago. Also. <laughs> Crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what I'm saying, though. Like, he's not in his prime anymore. That was in 2012 when he knocked out, knocked down GSP with the head kick. He's had a lot of fights since then, guys. You know what I mean? Since that fight, one, two, three, four, four and eight in his record. So, not good. Not good. But again, you know, Max Griffin's not as good as the guys he was losing to for the most part. Like, you know, but we'll see. Because I think Griffin's looked good lately, man. The two straight wins. He's looked very good. Daniel says, uh, as the week's gone by, is a fair argument for Con- uh, for Condit, but Griffin just looked more potent. Zach saying Condit by sub. Maybe. I mean, Condit has – when was the last time he subbed someone? It's been a while, obviously, right? He's been subbed himself. I almost feel like it's more likely he gets subbed. But, I mean, back, back in the WEC days, he was subbing everyone. He just kind of went away from that. Because you look at his record, 15 wins by knockout, 13 by, by submission, but none in the UFC. And he's been in the UFC for 13 years. That's crazy. That's crazy, guys. Think about it. Almost all his early career wins were by submission, and then he just switched to a striker. It's kind of weird. Okay, main card, Marcel. <laughs> we don't have to spend a lot of time in this fight. Chris Moutinho and Sean O'Malley. Chris Moutinho, huge underdog here. Sean O'Malley's plus, minus 800, minus 1,000 some spots, plus 550 for Moutinho. What do you think, Marcel? Uh, I'm happy, like I said, man, yesterday I'm happy for Moutinho. He got signed by the UFC, but fight doesn't make sense at all you know definitely not if you have like 15 fighters wanting that fight o'malley saying on his podcast i take it at 135 140 and 145 and um the thing is like i said yesterday as well man i don't really feel like do i think o'malley is turning them down i don't say that no but i think the ufc don't trust o'malley and don't want to give him a legit test at this moment you know what i mean he went from vera he lost to vera he went to almeida and from Almeida to Smolka, I understand that Smolka brings different things to the table than Almeida did, but it's already to me like, hmm, I don't know, you know? And now you're going from, actually from Almeida, you go to Moutinho, and it's really weird to me when so many other guys wanted the fight, wanted the fight, you know? Even 125ers asked for this fight. So it's like, for me, it's like, and also Moutinho, he's a, he's a New England guy, right? I think he's, he's from, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and the fight is in Vegas. So you don't tell me there was nobody in Vegas that could find from Extreme Couture or whatever mm-hmm. to, to fight uh, O'Malley. 
this is the UFC just protecting O'Malley at this point, in my opinion. Definitely on short notice. They don't want to have, have anything happen to him at this moment. Because, for example, what, what if they give this fight to Cody Stamen or to a Marab Davalis, really? They know there's a big chance he will lose the fight, you know? And they don't want that. Definitely not on this card, where probably a big eyes on with Connor on the card, people buying this, and they want to see O'Malley as well. So that's probably why Moutinho gets it. I hope Moutinho does well. I, I think would would be fun to see if he does very well. But, man, O'Malley is the pick here, obviously. I think he stops him. I give him a second round, TKO. For this guy, Moutinho, guys, it really is. I mean, he's not too bad of a fighter. I was watching him a couple days ago. He's not too bad. Like, he's definitely a talented guy. He's pretty fast on the feet. He's got some submissions, too. But the durability is a massive concern for me, guys. He's been finished four times. And he's been knocked out two of his last four fights. He's facing Sean O'Malley, a guy who's an incredible technician on the field with huge power. This is a bad fight for this guy. I think Sean O'Malley knocks him over, so I'm with you. Probably the first round I'm thinking. Maybe the second. Maybe he takes his time. But I, I, I don't think this guy can go the three rounds with Sean O'Malley. I'd be shocked if he survived this fight. This is a terrible matchup for Chris Moutinho. If this guy, I actually think the odds should be way bigger. I'd be shocked if this dude won. Where were you? Be shocked, eh? Yeah, so I, I honestly gonna say here, like how longer it takes O'Malley to not get the get the finish here, how bad, how worse it looks. To be honest, you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. If he gets this, if he doesn't get a finish here, the UFC gonna keep protecting. That's what. No, I happen. agree. Let me, let me get some more comments here. Kevin said, um, "I I wish they bring in. I, I knew they'd bring in a known name fight O'Malley. Yeah, I mean there was everyone in the top fifteen was calling him out, and he ends up getting literally someone none of us have heard of, guys." He's saying it's like Bellator MVP. It is. It is. That's a great comparison. Zach's saying it's a showcase fight. It is. It's a showcase. It is. His best wins, Eddie Wyland. He is overrated. He is talented too. I agree completely with Bornigan. Yeah. I, I think everything you said is correct. Marcel agrees too. Um, Daniel said O'Malley said he accepted Simone based on being able to make a 135. Yes, Ricky Simone couldn't make 135. They actually, like his manager called him on his podcast and said it's got to be 145. He didn't want to do it. So. Glenn says UFC wants eyes on like, O'Malley. Yeah, I mean, it's the opening fight in McGregor pay-per-view, so he's going to get eyes. Marcus, what's up, man? Great show. You guys are giving me a lot to think about for placing my bets when I arrived to Vegas. He's going to be at the card. Zach awesome, says, I'm just, just watching the GSP Diaz presser. Sorry, they were asking questions. Dude, I was there. And I remember asking uh, Dana White about Diaz and then or about the weed thing. That's when the wolf tickets thing came up. So I was the guy who asked the question for that, which is kind of cool. <laughs> Daniel says, Lupino's not impressive. I agree. He's, he's an okay fighter. He can beat guys like at the bottom of this division, probably like an Anthony Burchak or something, but you fight Sean O'Malley, that's terrible. Okay, four fights left, guys. Arena Aldana against Yannick Kuniskaya, women's 135. And it's a it's a pickup fight, Marcel. Minus 120, Aldana, plus 100, Yana. So very small lean towards Irene Aldana. What do you think is going to happen here? Yeah, to be really honest, man, I've never been very high on Yana Kuniskaya, man. I, I think she's 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 not really bad or, or or really bad or something but i don't think she's that great at all as well i think the catlin Vieira fight i think catlin won the fight to be really honest the marion renault fight i had for no uh the Solyarenko fight she won that one but it was a very ugly fight to watch um if you look at arena aldana aldana's good man i really like her um uh, the thing is she got dominated dominated by holly holm but i honestly expected her to lose to holly holm you know because all these girls are not defeating home or the randomly, you know? And then you have to go to Nunez. And like I said, man, the Pena should have never got Nunez. She had to defeat either home or the randomly first, which she didn't. So um, pretty much, I think Aldana has, I think Aldana is a better fighter overall than Kuniskaya. Kuniskaya can, might give her trouble uh, on the on the ground, you know, but uh, Aldana is standing better, and I think she will uh, pick her apart with shots, trying to stop takedowns. Maybe she, maybe Kuniskaya gets a takedown, but I see Aldana fighting further further with it, and uh, I'm taking Aldana decision. I don't see a stoppage in this fight, to be honest. I gotta be honest, man. I, I I like Yana in this fight, guys. I, I I lean towards Yana in this fight. I think that the wrestling does play in this fight. You know, I was watching Aldana's fights again the other day, and it's like the fight with Pennington, for instance. The fight I, I was confident she would win. She gets it's taken down, controlled. Talita Bernardo was controlling the ground. So yeah, the number looks good, eighty four percent. That's what I see. But you gotta look at the fights again. She was getting taken down and controlled in all these fights. Yana is relentless with her, her takedowns. She always goes for takedowns. She's super tough, very hard to finish, very durable. Um, just a really tough girl, and she's on a nice little streak right now. So I think she's got a little bit more momentum, more momentum coming in this one. Yeah, I don't agree with that streak. For example, I don't think she won against Catlin Vieira, and I don't think she won against Marion Renault. You know what I mean? So 
she she's smart, you know. She 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 looks good in the last minute of the third round, and she gets around with that, right. for example. But I'm not sold. Maybe I'm. Maybe I, I, I'm listen, I know what you're saying. Player. I agree. When I watched the fight of Vera live, I thought that Vera was going to win. But you know, looking back at the fight and the stats and everything, like Vera landed seven strikes over 50 minutes. There's a reason the judges didn't give it to her. Yana does work even off her back and off her bottom too. That's what I like about her. She's always working. Very hardworking girl. And I do think she's make, made that leap in her career now. She's she's obviously with Tiago Santos. It sure seems like ever since they started dating that she's been fighting at a much higher level. So I'm leaning a little bit towards her. Aldana's a good fighter, don't get me wrong. Great striker. If this fight stays staying, she'll probably piece apart Yana. But I'm banking on Yana getting some takedowns here and just kind of grinding her. Like right. you like you mentioned, I mean, Holly Holm took her out five times, guys. That is That's scary to me. Aldana's takedown barring against his grappling made home look like Brian Fitch. So did <laughs> so did Megan Anderson when she fought Holly home. Yana looks much improved since uh, moving to ATT. Dude, I'm with you. I have the same read as you, born again. Kevin Scott says he's impressed with uh, Holly's athleticism and uh, confident Aldana. Yeah, I, I, I mean, listen, it's a close fight. It's a pick-up fight, but I'm leaning towards the uh, the grinder here in this fight. Zach says she likes the wall star. Wall stall. Warring at seven strikes in 50 minutes. I should say significant strikes, but yeah, seven, literally seven significant strikes in 50 minutes. That's why she lost that decision, although, you know, it, se- it sure seemed like she was winning. And if you look at the total strikes, wow, that's crazy. Total strikes. Caitlin landed 35 total strikes, and Yana landed 215. So she was doing work off the bottom, even though it's, it, it was hard to see, I think, during that fight. Anyways, um, Yana can they put it out the left hook from Aspen Lad, so I read it. Yeah, I mean Aspen Lad's pretty good though. So and so is Aldana, but I'll pick Aldana's. Yeah, Yana boards me. Yeah, I just think she can grind it out, guys. Okay, next fight here: Tai Chi Vesa, Greg Hardy, Marcel, and uh, Tai Chi Vesa right now minus one thirty, Greg Hardy plus one ten. So small lean towards Vesa. What do you think? Yeah, the Dutch podcast I do, they call this the Marcel Special, and the Marcel Special is a heavyweight fight uh, on the main card, unranked. So there you go. Um, yeah, what can we say about this one, man? This this fight is going to suck if it goes to the second or third round. You know what I mean? We will have to see a, a finish in the first round. Uh, I think both guys have the potential to finish each other. Uh, Tui Vaza won his last two fights with uh, round one knockouts. I don't really count the Harry Hunt soccer fight because I don't think Harry Hunt soccer should be in the UFC. No disrespect to the guy. Uh, Stefan Struve, he's retired now. Uh, before that, he lost three, three straight. Uh, didn't look good in those fights. Greg Hardy uh, actually looked good in his last fight against Marcin Tibur on the first round. He actually looked like a real decent, good heavyweight. And then in the second round, he, he, Tibur had to go over. So it's like Greg Hardy wins the fights. He pretty much has to win, but he loses the fight. People actually expect him to lose, for example, for Tibur and Volkov. The thing is with Tui Vaza, I think he has, he has a pretty good chin, man. And I think he will uh, be, he can sustain Hardy's punches. Um, and I think Tui Vaza, if he can knock out, he can knock out Hardy, man. His punches are hard enough. So, the thing is, I slightly leaning towards Tuivaza, slightly, but I wouldn't put my money on it. But I'm gonna go with a KO here. I'm going with the first round KO because why would I go with a decision here to bore myself out and go with a KO first round for uh, Tuivaza? But I yeah. uh, wouldn't be surprised if this go to a sloppy decision. I'm leaning towards Tuivaza too in this fight, man. I mean, the guy to me is a much better striker. We saw against. I know Hansucker is not good. We know that, but. You saw how fast his hands are, guys. I mean, the guy's got super fast hands. He's super athletic. We saw against, um, was it Rashad Coulter? He had that flying knee. So he's had some tough losses, obviously. But you look back at who he lost to. JDS, big deal. Three years ago, big deal. Blagoy Ivanov is very good. Top 50 guy. Sergey Spivak who's very good. We know that now. So those are bad losses, and he's looked good since then. And he also has that win over Arlovsky for a few years ago, which looks a lot better now, I think. Greg Hardy, mm-hmm. you know what, guys? I got Here's the thing. Okay, so... I've liked Greg coming up like during the contender series. I thought he looked pretty good. He's obviously a very athletic guy, huge power. But I've been watching his fights a little bit more closely now. He really isn't – he's just not a complete mixed martial artist yet. And I'm not saying that Ty Vesa is necessarily either because we know his ground game is not good. But Greg Hardy is a very basic guy. He's able to rely on basic stuff to win fights. And you can beat guys like Mo Green, Jorgen DeCastro, Juan Adams, guys like that. You can beat those guys with basic stuff. But – Tuvesa is a borderline top 15 guy. He's a good striker. He's younger guy in this fight. He's got huge power. I, I'm leaning towards Tuvesa in this fight. I actually think he might be able to knock out Greg Hardy, guys. I'm just not 
I'm not as high on Greg as I was two or three years ago. I think we've seen him now in the UFC. He's not a great fighter. He's just an okay fighter. And I just don't, I don't trust him against a guy like Tugesa, who's a very, very hard puncher. Marcel. We saw Greg in his last fight against Tabura, he shelled up and turtled up and lost. He didn't even try to fight it, guys. Like he didn't show any heart at all. So not huge onto this guy anymore. I was kind of high on him a few years ago, I thought, because just, you know, the athleticism would play. But I just think at this point, you're starting to see that you can't learn MMA in such a short amount of time. You have to have years and years. And it sure seems like Ty is the better overall fighter right now. Let me get these uh, Let me get these comments, guys. We've got two fights left after this. Yana, oh, sorry, that's the wrong one. Who are all these people uh, interesting? Greg Hardy. I don't know either. Someone was saying a few weeks ago in this chat, they were like, Greg's really uh, popular in the US. And I was like, I haven't heard anyone say, like, I can't wait to watch Greg Hardy fight. But again, I do live in Canada. So maybe it, Maybe it's different in the States where he was a big football player, obviously. So I don't know, Marcel. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin says both guys have similar offense. Hardy's the better chin. I don't think so. I don't think Greg has the better chin. I, I, I remember, uh, I'm not going to say any name, but a media member, uh, when uh, Greg Hardy was uh, in the contender series, like, dude, you know who's going to be in the contender series? Like, no, who? Greg Hardy, man. That's huge. I was like, who? Greg Hardy. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I have no idea what it is because I listen, man. I like I like football, um, American football. Sorry, guys, I gotta say American football, I can't say football, but uh, it's I, I'm not really familiar with everybody, you know. So for right. me, Greg Hardy, that story that what that uh, from from the abuse and that everything, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know about it, you know, because it's just not here on, on prime time or whatever. So for me, it was like. I don't know who this dude is. So <laughs> back then, so yeah, we must all know when the UFC let them get into the contender series. They have two amateur fights, I think, back then. Yeah, Kevin says, uh, Glenn, uh, you saying Daniel 100% of the people want Sean or uh, Greg Hardy on the main card. Yeah, Borgens talking about Tuvesa. He's underrated. I agree. I, I think he's, you know, he's a guy that I, I was low on a little bit, but now I'm a little bit higher on now. Zach saying, seeing Green, uh, sorry, Greg Hardy between the rounds with Maurice Green made him auto fade. I agree. His, his cardio is bad. Remember that fight with Ben Sassoli, guys? He needed that inhaler to even get through that fight. So that's a big worry. His cardio is not great. Kevin saying he's convinced you to fade Hardy. Yeah, I'm not a huge. I was high on him, guys. Like, not super high, but like decently high. And now I'm not. I'm just, I'm, I'm low on him now. I really am. I just think he's very, very basic. Hardy's only been a pro for three years. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I just think it's a tough fight. Again, he beats those lower level guys like, Jorgen DeCastro and stuff, but Zach saying even Huntsucker is bad. It's impressive. I agree. I mean, it was a nice win. It really was very impressive. But, you know, Huntsucker, I don't even think it's a You got one fight and they cut him. All right, yeah. two more fights left, guys. We got the co-main event, Marcel. Stephen Thompson and Gilbert Burns. Right now, Stephen Thompson minus 155. Gilbert Burns plus 135. What do you think, man? I feel like we're going to be different in this fight. I'm pretty much 100% sure. Um, so Gilbert Burns, you know, you know, I really like Gilbert Burns. I think he's a good fighter. Uh, his uh, his uh, weight increase to to go to welterweight has done very well for him. I think um, he lost to Kamaru Usman, but he had trouble in the first round. But uh, after that, Usman took over and he looked great. You know, uh, now he's gonna fight. He actually uh, he he defeated Rafa Lovato Jr. in a grappling bout, which which is pretty good. You know what I mean? I mean Lovato Jr. is super legit, but that's a grappling bout. I know. Look at Thompson. Uh, Thompson, good guy, good fighter, man, but he's really, uh, for me, I know many people disagree, but he's really a point fighter to me, you know, uh, he he takes distance, he managed distance perfectly, he hits you with a lot of kicks, a lot of punches, and he knows exactly what he does, he's super technical, but he is really a bore fast many times for me to watch, you know, not at the beginning of his career, he was kind of flashy and that kind of stuff. I don't feel that with him anymore, you know, uh, he looked very good against Neil and against Luke, he, uh, he is kind of the guy uh, who catches hype from other guys, you know, lately with, with the Neil win and the Luca win. He, Neil had so much hype around him, and uh, he totally uh, the, took that down, in my opinion. And Luca as well, back then. Luca has now his hype a little bit back with the Woodley win. And uh, many people are going with Anthony Pettis last, you know. But, man, if we do that fight 10 more times, I think Thompson wins that fight 10 more times because that was really a, a knockout out of nowhere, you know, perfect, perfect knockout by Pettis, nothing wrong with it, but I don't see him doing that again to, to Thompson. Before that, the Till fight, I know many people think Thompson won that fight. I think Till won that fight, and that's not because I'm European, guys. I'm not being biased at all. I'm just saying what I think. 
Um, so overall, this is pretty much like uh, if Gilbert Burns wants to win this fight, he has to get Stephen Thompson to the ground. But that's that's difficult, I think, you know, because Stephen Thompson knows how to defend takedowns. I think he's really good at it. And Stephen Thompson just have to outpoint fight him to to win this fight, to keep him at distance, touch him with with kicks and, and with punches. Uh, the the easy pick for me here is probably Thompson, but I think Burns gonna go for a takedown and I think he will try to get a submission and I think he will get his back and maybe submit him. I don't know, but I'm going with a decision win for Burns, you know, but uh, it's it's kind of tricky. I'm pretty sure you're going with Thompson, but um, yeah, I, I feel like as long as Burns not falls in love again with the striking, which happens often, if he does that, Thompson will probably stop him, you know, but I, I have faith in Burns going with Burns decision. Yeah, I do think people, including myself, probably are overlooking Gilbert a little bit. I mean, the guy is really good. We all know that. But I just think it's a bad matchup for him, man, because this guy's Thompson is just such a technician on the feet, as you guys know. He just, man, like you said, Marcel, manages distance so well. He's so fast still. Even at age 38, I think he does have the speed in sight. And here's the thing. You know, Gilbert's not, not a young guy either. People forget that, I think. Gilbert's already 34 uh, years old. So he's turning 35 next uh, in two weeks. He's not a young guy. You know, he's... He's a guy who's very good at fighting, but I'm just saying, like, he's been a grappler his whole career, and all of a sudden he's turned to a striker now. It reminds me of Damian Maya a little bit, right? Who ironically knocked out for his biggest win. When the guys fall in love with their hands, as he did against Usman, it's just tough. And I know he probably couldn't take Usman down, so he had to stand trade with him and did drop Usman or hurt him, right? But just worried, man. There's just a lot of worries with Burns right now, I think. And don't get me wrong, I, Thompson's chin does worry a little bit, too, just with that fight with Pettis. I think if Burns does connect, he could clip him, but. Since that fight, he's looked phenomenal against Luke and Neil. Like he he dominated these guys who are very good fighters on the feet. I think the exact same thing happens here. I'm thinking Thompson by decision, guys. And and Masvidal too. I think this plays out in that Masvidal fight a few years ago. So uh, no. listen, Marcel, I respect your upset pit because Burns is very good. I just think this is a bad matchup for him. What are you gonna say? You better respect my upset pick, man. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I mean, like, for some reason, I, I don't feel it with Thompson. You know, I, I respect him. I respect how he fights. I think he is a he has beautiful technique. But if I see a Stephen Thompson fight five years ago, I'm like, ah, oh, Stephen Thompson's gonna fight. I think about a Stephen Thompson fight to, today. It's like, oh my God, we're gonna see another like technical. <laughs> Fast, where he's outpointing as far as uh, opponent and he's winning yeah. the decision. So yep. it's like, it's just not really appealing to me. But what he does is amazing. He's 37, 38 years old. 38. He yeah. looked like he looked like he's in his twenties. You know, that's how he looks, yeah. and uh, it's it's amazing. You know, and respect to him for that. You know, no disrespect at all. Zach saying Wonderboy should style on him. Daniel says leg kicks will still on Wonderboy. Burns close the distance, can't win. That's how he has to win this fight. Has to close the distance, like you said. Kind of thinks it's gonna look like Thompson Luke. You know, I remember I picked Luke and that was a bad pick. I'm just saying, like, it just showed me like he's this guy beats those kind of guys. Those yeah, if you can't get get close, get distance management is winning this. Yeah, I'm with you. Or again, round one could be trial for Thompson, similar to the Luke fight. Yes. Definitely. I mean, like I said, Burns has got power. You guys know that. You've seen that. All right. So guys, this is the end of the show. Thank you so much. I'm just about to say myself. We've hit an hour here, guys. So we're gonna have to miss the main event. Sorry, guys, you can't get our kick. No, I'm kidding. Um, we'll we'll go a couple minutes over. It's not a big deal. Um, listen, we're gonna talk about the the uh, the main event trilogy fight here. Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier, three. I'm looking forward to hearing what you think, Marcel. But I want you guys to throw your your picks in the chat too, because I want to hear what everyone's thinking for this fight. So you guys see the odds? It's very very competitive odds. Minus one thirty, Dustin Poirier. Plus one ten, Conor McGregor. They're one apiece. Third fight, all the marbles, Marcel. Who's going to win? Yeah, it's actually kind of difficult, man. Again, you know, because we saw Dustin Poirier in the last fight against Connor. Connor won that first round, and he looked good in the first round, you know. And second round, Poirier took over, and he finished him. Um, prior to UFC by TKO, I think it was a clear KO. But, hey, who am I? Um, I mean, we also know the first fight has been such a long time ago. You know, um, and and Connor won that fight. TKO, I think, first round, and well, out of back of the head punches as well. But let's not talk about it. Um, it's it's such a difficult fight, man. It's it's pretty much you. I think you can uh, probably after three three and a half minutes, you can see what's happening. You know, if the fight isn't finished already by then. But um, the thing is, if this fight goes five rounds, I heavily favor Dustin Poirier to win the fight. You know. 
I think Connor, if he wants to win, he has to do it in the first or second round, like he always does. You know, if he has a good win uh, with with a with a stoppage, you know, he's definitely not going to win a decision against Poirier. I think. Um, what I think will happen, I think this will go to the fourth to the fourth round. I think Connor gasses, and I think Poirier will take advantage of it and probably puts him away. TKO either submission TKO, maybe TKO because uh, maybe he knocks him down, he follows him to the ground, submits him, or ground and pounds, and one or two. But uh, I'm taking Poirier in the fourth round here. Uh, either TKOs. I go with TKO ground about. Yeah, and like I said, guys, give me your give me your picks in there. And I know some people are throwing them out there. I'll read them in a second. Let me just give my my thoughts on the fight first. I mean, yeah, I, I absolutely I love the matchup. Obviously, I think we all do. It's it's such a great fight. Um, but I gotta tell you, man, it's just it's hard for me to pick Connor in this one. I gotta be honest. I, I have a hard time picking him as much as I think he could still pull it off because he's got that power and everything. It's just watching that second fight back, Marcel, like. Dustin just showed that he's the better, more complete fighter, I think, at this point in their careers. You know, Dustin, he's been through so much in his career, and I think he's really, like, in his prime right now. You know, like, he's fighting at such a high level. And I just watched that fight again, the second fight, I should say, and you just see him mix it up. He mixes in the takedowns. He mixes in the low kicks, mixes in the punches. He mixed it all up really well, whereas Connor was still very one-dimensional. Now, Connor is a good master of making adjustments like we saw against Nate Diaz in the second and the first and second fight we saw it night and day right so the guy definitely could make those adjustments and, and look better in this fight but I just have a hard time picking him here based on how the last fight went and again it wasn't that long ago it was six months ago it reminds me of Maginal Houston where it's like we just saw the fight happen you know obviously the odds are very close for this one I can see why Dustin Dustin doesn't, doesn't have the best chain he's been knocked out a few times by Michael Johnson and stuff so Connor could catch him with that, le- that straight left guys but I gotta go with Poirier. I, I'm leaning towards uh, Poirier to win. I'm thinking with you, Marcel, second or third round TKO. You know, I just don't trust Connor anymore, guys. I gotta be honest. To me, he's just not the same guy. I thought, hey, it'd be cool to see him pull it off, though. I will say that. But you know, you see the fight with uh, Floyd Mayweather. You know, Marcel, the fight with Khabib where he got dropped. The fight with Dustin, the last fight, and then the, the Cerrone fight, which he won, was barely a fight. And I got to be honest, watching that first fight back with Dustin, I remember watching the, the fight a long time ago. I, I had money on Connor, but it's like watching that back, he didn't even crack Dustin on the chin in that fight. He cracked him on the temple and Dustin went down. It was kind of a weird knockout. You know, it was one of those weird ones where I think it almost maybe had more to do with the weight cut than, than him getting Dustin on a good spot. The guys obviously got power. Wouldn't completely shock me if Connor won by knockout, but I'm leaning towards Dustin to do it again. So get the comments here. Cole, what's up, man? He says, McGregor by third round TKO. Everything I've heard, it seems like the old Connor's back, especially the trash talk. Yeah, I know. It's pretty cool. I'd like to see him doing that. Um, talking can, I, again. can I reply to that? Of course you can. Go ahead. So that, that that's a weird thing to me, man. People are like, the trash talk is back. The real Connor is back. I mean, based on what? Really? And it's not, it's, not a, it's not a hit on you, Cole, at all. But based on what? Because we didn't hear anything about him during camp. He might be sitting in his apartment uh, drinking uh, his proper 12, you know what I mean? But uh, th- that's not what I mean. But it's like people are like, yeah, he's, he's back. The, the old Connor is back. Uh, he, he's, I, why? Why do you think he's back? Because he, he's, he's talking a little bit more trash. I need to see it in the cage, you know what I mean? That's what me I want to see. Uh, so I, I don't buy that, you know? that's For me, it's like... Uh, and again, no, no hit to you, Cole. I really like you. For me, it's like kindergarten talk, you know, when people say that. Like, uh, I see that all the time on Twitter. It's like, yeah, the old Connor is back. Why he's back? Because he's talking crap. He's talking crap again. It's like, dude, I can talk crap, or I can break somebody's uh, Playmobil over here, and they say the old Marcel was back from when he was twelve. <laughs> no, it just doesn't make sense to me, man. You know what I mean? That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, I just think people are, are happy that he's like. He seems to be into this fight, whereas maybe some of the he said he wasn't motivated for the second fight. I mean, take it for what it is. Um, Glenn says he likes Connor by knockout. Kevin says, I have no idea. I don't like Connor. <laughs> well, hates your strong word there, Kevin. Hate is a very strong word. He <laughs> loves Poirier. He has no clue where his money's gonna go. Born again or Poirier's yeah, Born against says Poirier by second or third round. Maybe sub would probably KO. Better team game plan, more active, better cardio boxing. Yeah, dude. I I I'm with you. Zach says Dustin can eat the left hand 155. Yes. His chin looks a little better. Although, again, Michael Johnson did, did knock him out, guys. We got to remember that fight. Daniel says, my instinctive pick was Connor. I'll stick to it. Poirier, logical pick. Poirier's 3-0 in rematches. That's something to keep in mind for sure. It's a good trend. 
I take Holly over Connor and Dustin beats the breaks off Max. Um, I mean, they both beat Max. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, the, the, but I mean, it's it's not, you can't, uh, how do you say that? It's not, uh, you can't say this fight will be that one, so that fighter will be this one. It doesn't work like that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let me get these comments. Cole says, I, I like how Connor left Ireland to do, do his camping in California and Dubai. Yeah, that's good. Just Dustin Nate shots the way winning the second fight. Better prepared. Connor can make a count here. Zach thought that Nate won the second fight. I mean, it was competitive, but Connor should have won that fight, I think. Um, <laughs> Marcel, bro you broke Daniel's Playmobil. That was a very nice fight. And, and if you were in the Netherlands when I was in the 90s, I, I, I expect I did because I was Marcel a big bully. <laughs> Yeah, I was pretty bad kid, you know, and not even because I was uh, was was uh, how do you say that uh, destructive, but I'm just like very not very handy, you know what I mean? Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's just get these last comments. We'll get out of here, guys. We just went over an hour, so I'm gonna get out of here. Um, boring as the old car is not coming back. I tend to agree with you, but we'll see. I mean, it'd be interesting to see. We do see the old Connor. The old Connor had a huge size advantage. He did. He was amazing at 145. Incredible, and he was good at 155 when he fought Eddie. But again. Moving to 170, all those fights, going to boxing. That's what he wanted to do with his career. If he stayed in MMA, he would have been maybe the greatest ever. It's possible after the Alvarez fight, but he, cho he chose not to do that. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. That was a lot of fun, Marcel. I, I feel like we agree on like most of the fights, but there was definitely a few that we didn't. So go back and listen, guys, and you came in halfway through. There was like at least three or four fights where we had different uh, opinions. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this card, Marcel. Thanks again. Thanks again for joining me and everyone who, who tuned in and listened today, guys. Really appreciate it. Um, I'll be back on Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern with AJ Shulo. We'll talk a little bit about this card and some other news and stuff in MMA. Um, Marcel, plug your stuff, man. Let's get out of here. Big Marcel24, Twitter, Instagram, MMADNA.nl, MMADNA on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. And guys, follow MM Adam Martin on Twitter. The dude is verified. Verified Adam Martin for you right here. Oh, Slav, you'll be, you'll be soon too. All right, follow me on Twitter at <laughs> Matt Martin Podcast, maoddsregular.com. It's on our YouTube channel, obviously, as you guys know. But it's also available like iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, a bunch of places, guys. I, I, I spent time doing that to put it up too. So if you guys want to like listen, you know, on, on the bus or whatever, fair enough, do that on your iPod, iPod or whatever. So check that out. Um, let's see here. What else do we got here? Um, PJPen.com, MyMAnews.com. Um, where else? Fantasy Fanatics I got some previews coming out. Spectation Sports got a lot of stuff coming out for them this week, which is going to be cool. And of course, Elite Fantasy, Elite Sports Betting later this week, I'll have my DFS preview and my bets. So I have a bet, few bets for this card. I've been, I've been doing really good, profitable in the year. I'm happy about it. All right, guys. Have a great day. Thanks again for uh, tuning in, guys. Peace.